Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Jeff Johnson here with Angela Hanscom. Angela, between uh, between episodes here, you you taught me a new phrase: shared affordances. Um, what what the heck is this? Tell us more. Yeah, well, <clears throat> maybe we should talk about. Um, and we'll take a step back and first talk about visual affordances. Okay. So there's visual affordances and then shared affordances. Um, visual affordances is um, a behavioral optometrist had actually talked to me about this before. And what it is, is when you first, you see an item such as a stick, um, you, you see it for its uses. So you might see a stick and go, okay, that's just a stick. Um, a rock is a rock, leaves are leaves. And sometimes when I do speaking engagements, I'll hear parents come up to me after saying, I now know how important it is to get my kids outdoors. But when I let them outside, they come back in two seconds and say, I'm bored. There's nothing to do out there. And that's because they don't have a lot of visual affordances, ideas and how to use the sticks, you know, rocks and all that stuff. And so if you let them back out again and that child gets bored and let's say they sit in the dirt and they pick up a stick and they start digging with it, let's say, then they realize, oh my gosh, this can be a tool to dig with. So they have one affordance for that. Mm -hmm. Then maybe they start writing with it. <clears throat> they realize I have two visual affordances. I can write with this and I can use this to dig. Then you see a child in the corner or somewhere um, building with sticks, building a fort. And they go, oh, I have three ideas now on how to use a stick. So the more practice they get, the more visual affordances they get for um, a certain object, like a stick or other loose parts, like a tire, which could be used for many, many, um, many, many ideas. And the nice thing about it is when you, they see other children use those materials in different ways, they gain new aff affordances just by observing other children play with those items in different ways. So the more practice and exposure they get to other children using these loose parts, the more creative they get over time. And so at Timbernook, we'll see children with not many affordances at all. They, they just haven't had a lot of practice, but through exposure of different loose parts and it being used in many different ways, they gain all of those, um, those affordances over time and they start to play creatively. So, <clears throat> yeah. I'll let you. I, I, oh, no, I, I love this. Um, so that stick is when, when you first meet a stick, the stick is a stick. As yes. you get to know the stick, the stick becomes all these other things. It becomes a shovel. It becomes a, a stylus for writing. It becomes a structural material for building. It becomes it's got to at some point become a gun and a sword because, I mean, it's a right. stick. Um, it becomes something you can hang something on the end of and, and fling it. It becomes all of these things as you as you get to know it. And and so this kind of relates to to object play, right? Because when kids first meet materials, there's got to be a lot of fiddling going on. Um, mm -hmm. So they so they understand the material, so they figure out what to do with it. And that's kind of what we're we're talking about here. Yes. So are, are, is that the same thing or are those slightly different things? Not um, it might be similar. I think it's through experimentation uh -huh. that they, they gain affordances. So think of affordances as ideas on how to use the object in different ways. Um, and then shared affordances is when you purposely place an item near something new. For instance, like if I take, um, I'm trying to think like a tea set, 
uh-huh. <clears throat> like, um, that's like stainless steel that would be safe for kids to use. And I um, place it near giant mud puddles. All of a sudden, there's a shared affordance. Like they see the, the mud in the water is right by the tea, the tea set, and they start to experiment with those together and they get new ideas on how to play with that. So we, you can manipulate your environment by placing um, items in different locations. Same with um, like snow banks. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if you put um, like cardboard boxes and rope on um, a hill of snow, they start going, huh. And like, you know, again, there's that shared right away. It's giving them ideas. Um, so that's what shared affordances is, is taking that that chair we talked about last session, right? The uh-huh. office chair usually yeah. is indoors, but you placed it, they placed it outside on. And so automatically the kids, it's a novelty item and they're going to start playing with it in different ways. Yeah. And I, I think in, in some places of the, of the interweb, some of those uh, uh, play groups on the Facebook and stuff like that, that's something, the phrase, um, what are they, what do they use? Uh, play prompts. Yes. That's kind of, that's kind of what this is. It's just putting a, putting a thing out there that's going to prompt, Um, some, some activity. And so, so this is great. Um, one of my favorite examples of, of what you're thinking we're talking about, I think is, uh, uh, years ago, I'm, I'm out at, uh, the night before a conference, I, I took my wife Tasha out on a romantic evening. We went to home Depot and, uh, we're walking around home Depot and I picked up a, a plunger and start, I start sticking it to everything in the store, opening refrigerator doors with it and the, and the appliance section and trying to lift up cans of paint with it and everything. And I realized this is something we need back at the family child care program for the kids. And, and so I bought one and uh, uh, Monday morning, I just kind of plopped it in the middle of the playroom and, and walked away. And the first child in that morning was Jack. And he comes running up to this thing as soon as his mom left. And he's like, Jeff, I know what this is. My mom yelled at my dad the other day and he had to use one of those. And I learned a new word, but I'm not supposed to say it. And then he says, want me to whisper it to you? And I said, no, Jack, I, th- I think I know what the word is. You don't need to whisper it. And, and I, he says, can I play with it? And I'm like, yeah, just keep it in the playroom. Don't take it in the bathroom. And he says, yeah, you, you know what they do with these things? And he gets this disgusted look on his face. And then he's, he's off doing, I mean, one of the first things he does is he sticks it to the wall and then pulls and pulls until that vacuum releases and he falls on his butt. But he's like putting stuffed animals on it and trying to lift them up to the ceiling. And he's talking into it and hearing his voice back in his own ears. And they're playing ring toss with it and all of this stuff from, from just this thing being put in to the environment. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, oops. <laughs> <laughs> You're so popular. I know, like all these noises going on. Um, yeah, definitely. It, it does. It takes some practice. And I think why we're not seeing a lot of that is actually because we're not allowing kids the time and the space to experiment with objects. So like um, where there's this whole thing of, you know, boredom is, is good. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes we're so used to entertaining and keeping kids busy that they never have time to get bored and take an item and start experimenting with it. Because that's how you get affordances and new ideas on how to use it. Yeah, you got to you got to just I mean physically be in the space with the object and and have that freedom to to fiddle around and and that does take time. And so I mean the takeaway is what we we slow down a little bit. Um and and 
and stifle we, that adult urge to entertain and be yeah. the center of attention and kind of let them let them fuss about with things knowing that kids aren't actively out to hurt themselves or harm themselves or cause others harm most of the time and so that fiddling around is probably going to be okay and that we, we can be close enough to to step in when necessary um and also like allowing them to have time with to play with other children so those children will help inspire them to play with objects in different ways um yeah, yeah providing some of those materials that you normally wouldn't at home or at your center you know so like um you know, bricks are a fun one, um, you know, planks, curtains, things, again, adult items that have many affordances and opportunities for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and and you know, looking for stuff. looking for things that are maybe a little bit those those things that that invoke curiosity, the um, that, that, that makes their mind make that that what's this kind of voice. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned on this show, but one of my favorites I've seen is uh, I, I know a caregiver out in uh, the, the Maryland area. She she stumbled across a bunch of duck decoys um out in like seattle she was at a conference and and she she traveled with an extra suitcase just for collecting loose parts the very good early learning person right and so she brought back a suitcase full of duck decoys and i think she shipped back some more because there's so many of them and then for for years on her instagram feed there would be pictures of there all the stuff kids did with these duck decoys inside and outside of the building and so looking for those novel materials are are also a ways to to support this kind of activity Absolutely. And so any, any other thoughts on this before we, we uh, move on? No, I think that that's good. And I, I, I think one of the other thing is, is, is the, the research tends to, to hold for the value of that fiddling, right? Because um, apparently kids come to understand materials better when they, they physically touch them and engage them themselves and fiddle with them than when they sit down in circle time, for example, and have the adult explain, this is a stick and what you can do with it. Yeah, um, so we always, we actually always do that at Timbernook. We say, um, you can use any of the materials out here. It's just an open invitation. So mm -hmm. we never point to a basket and say, this is for carrying this because then the adults give them the ideas and the, it takes away what the kids might use them as yeah and we could we kind of inadvertently build walls for their imaginations when we when we kind of dictate those limitations huh yes absolutely this has been timber nook tips we will be back soon with another episode thanks for tuning in bye-bye thanks for listening to timber nook tips Share your questions and comments at playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash Timbernook. For more Angela, visit Timbernook.com. For more Jeff, visit explorationsearlylearning.com. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.